You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 520, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Hey, hi, welcome to the iFam Web Pick Week Podcast, episode 520. My, hey. Hey, my name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hey. Hey, uh, and Connor Kilpatrick is out on assignment. We're still going with that? We're going to go with that, yeah. That's so fine. At least he's not in the uh, desert like I was. Uh, but Josh and I are here to man the good ship iFanboy. <laughs> Where we, in- I'm impressed by that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 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 Where we enjoy comic books week in and week out. We get a whole stack of books, and then uh, one of us reads through them and picks the one that he enjoyed the most and deems that the pick of the week. And then we come back here to talk about it as well as any other books of note. Um, and you know we're gonna we're gonna hear from you, the listener. We got a lot of email in this show. It's only two of us. Josh, the Josh and I are together. In a hotel, he's, in an, he's looking at me. I know it's weird. We're in the same room. We've only done this. I count on one hand the number of times we've done this in person. You and I have never done a Two Jamokes podcast, right? Okay. So by the way, welcome to Two Jamokesville. That's with good to me. Be, it's good to be back. It's good to we've, be here. We've never done that yeah. uh, live. Live, yes. There's always been right. the the brooding element of Connor Kilpatrick. <laughs> yeah. to... And now I'm just intently looking in Josh's eyes, and it's the, freaking, I'm freaking break out. Break the tension. Let's talk about anyway, the book. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so we are here together, two Jamokes live in San Francisco. Uh, quick warning: we're going to spoil the books. We're going to talk about what happens in them. So if you haven't read your comics, uh, might want to press pause and come back afterwards because this is a review show, and we need to talk about what happened in them. Um, Josh had the pick this week. Joshua, what was your pick of the week? The pick of the week was Spider Woman number three uh, by Dennis Hopeless, Javier Rodriguez. And uh, several other people. That's some. Sure. That's some. No. Uh, that's fair. Alvaro Lopez, Rochelle Rosenberg on color. Rochelle. Alvaro, Rochelle. Rochelle. Rochelle it's <laughs> on a colors. strange erotic journey about a pregnant superhero. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was. I was. I, sometimes I, I get to the pick of the week and I think, oh, there's nothing I'm looking at here that's gonna that's standing out at me before I start, and I I worry about it. And then every once in a while, there's a there's a magic thing where I'm in the middle of reading a book and I go, oh. Oh, this is the pick of the week. This is the it, it gotcha. Yeah, no, it, it, there yeah, was the, the book j- jumped out and grabbed you. It did, and yeah. I was very happy for it because I like it when there's a clear choice. Yeah, um, and and, this- and I will and I will I will say that upon reading Spider Woman number four number three, um, I see I I'm guessing I feel like I could guess why it was your pick of the week. Sure, and I feel as if it is well earned. Yeah. Oh, good, so, good, good. Yeah. Have you been reading this? I have. She's pregnant. Yes, no, that's yeah, true. No, yeah, I mean, that's, she's that's, that's all right. the, the premise is is she's a pregnant superhero, and she, well, that she's trapped in the hospital with all the other pregnant women, right. and nobody can come in and help her. So she has to use her powers to fight a, a group of scrolls, but she's not supposed to use her powers because it could endanger the baby, right? And she's very. And so, okay, I was, I was thinking lot. about it as I was reading this though, because like a lot of people have reacted to the pregnant Spider Woman kind of uh, uh, paradigm of this book. Uh-huh. And um, I, you know, what the internet says and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like this is a scenario we actually have not seen. It's super interesting. Yeah, it's super human. 
It is. In several ways. Because it's not like women haven't been pregnant in Marvel Comics. I mean, Sue, yeah. Sue Storm had children, but I don't remember the issues where she was pregnant. No, or and I don't think did she it was, fight scrolls. It was just a thing. Uh. I don't know because I, I, but like most of the time, it's just a thing that is yes. there in the background. It's not an element to the story. Man. It's because it's mostly men historically, and it's not a thing they're going through. And if they do, it's about protecting that person or whatever. So you've got this, you know, this superhero who is, who is I don't want to say historically, but at least over the past ten years, a very tough, strong, capable character. Yep. Like Spy. Yeah, I mean, Hydra. like, like, like A-class yeah. superhero yeah. since Bendis, I think, brought her, I think he was the one who brought her back during the Avengers. Yes, yeah, and then he did that, the origin one, yeah. I believe, right? And, yeah, and yeah. it really, like, she has... Or the Luna Bro- was that the Luna Brothers one? I don't remember. Like, she, yeah. she, but she's been brought into her own as a character. Yeah. Completely legitimate, good place in Marvel, and, and I like her a lot. She slept with Clint. Right, well, there they, you go. They, I mean, yeah. who didn't? Right, true. Um, uh, Maybe she knows what's in that closet. No. <laughs> um, so she's pregnant. We don't know who the father is, which is like a, a subplot. Yeah. Um, and it kind of doesn't matter. And, and you know, well, I, mean, I, I have, uh, I mean, it does matter, but it, I mean, the grand scheme of they're, things, they're yeah. going to say eventually yeah, and yeah. it's going to be a thing. <laughs> and it's almost certainly going to be disappointing. Like, yeah. it'd be great if it really did. Well, it was like the closet. I want it, I want it to be like the guy that, like a normal guy just in a bar. Dude. Yeah, just some dude. She had yeah. a one night stand. And, um, yeah. But, you know, I have two kids. I've, I've been around pregnant women. And and also Dennis Hopeless, the writer, his 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 wife had twins. Wait, you've been around pregnant women. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely. I went. Yeah, my wife, and then yep, okay. that other one too. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, you know, and I, I know how I, I get how it goes, and I felt like this. I feel like this is very uh, genuine and authentic. And honestly, if this is gonna thing that's gonna make you upset, like this isn't how it shouldn't be. Right. You probably don't really care what I have to say. Right. Uh, fair enough. So. Great, all that's fine. I find this story you to be compelling. Set I like the stage. I like Dennis Hopeless's work a lot. His character work is is excellent. It always has been. Um, and Javier Rodriguez on this. When I see his name, I think, oh, that's the guy who was before Somni on Daredevil with Mark Wade, wasn't it? No, that was Paolo Rivera, wasn't it? No, they would switch off. Oh, okay. It was Paolo Rivera, Marcos Martin, and then was Javier Rodriguez. I believe so. Okay. I think he came right. along later. Yep. Um, but he was really good, and I yeah. thought, oh, that's... And so as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, this looks pretty good. And I got to a certain point in this where... It, 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 he leveled up about a, a third of the way through this book. Yep. Yep. And and it was on page six or so, and uh, basically... So she's trapped in this hospital. She's called in her space. friends... It's in a black hole, actually. It's in a black hole. I'm it's sorry. a hospital in a black hole, <laughs> and, and uh, Jessica, or Spider-Woman, calls up Carol Danvers... Who is working in Alpha Flight in yep, this. And Puck and Sasquatch yep. make, are in this. So. Um, and says, you sent me to this hospital in the black hole that I didn't want to go to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trapped in here with Skrulls. And Carol's like, yes, I did. And I can't fix this from here because of whatever problem. Right. Here's what you have to do. And there's a really great dynamic between them. Yep. Where, where like, Carol keeps saying, I'm sorry. And she's like, I, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, I just like, they're really good this. friends, but they're angry with each other. And I, all that came across really So anyway, uh, Jessica has to go off and solve the problem. And, and that's when Rodriguez takes over. And he just has these series of... They're not paneled sequential pages. It's like a well, cutaway of the building. It's, it's, a, pa- it's a page... Where you see she's got to go through some sort of water thing, and he drew the whole page. You see the entire 
layout like of, a cutaway. of the, the cutaway of the section, but then you see multiple Spider Woman swimming through it. Right. So you get the sense of motion. This is very Darwin. And then at the same time, though, it's also uh, there's the third dimension of depth going on there. You're right. Yeah. As you look further down through, she gets closer to and us. And I was yeah. like, and I was reading, I was reading through, and I go, oh, that's a really good page. Yeah. And then I flip to the next page. The next page is the page that got me. Yeah, where where there's this. You said it next level gunk, Eisner sort yes. of very Will Eisnery. Yes, yeah. Typography with like there's even a Kirby aspect with all this sort of machinery. If you look mm. at some of these sort of pistons things that are going on in this perspective, and she's falling basically through this machine. If you start in like uh, it's a comic book page, you stop start in the upper left. Always the upper left. Uh, Always. That's true. Don't get uh, and you, started. And then you you swirl around into a spiral. She falls around the edges of the page and then down through the middle through this. I mean, it's straight up Kirby machinery, but yeah. with t- Will Eisner typography drawn in the middle of it. Yeah. And it's it's stunning. Like yep. It is a gorgeous piece of artwork. So that's two in a row. And then you flip yeah. again and you see her falling down. Now you've, like, it's a different, it's almost a different artist. Yeah, yeah. Where, where she comes as a huge creature that looks like impressionist it's like almost like um uh what's his name not gus van zandt um salvador dali yes like salvador a, dali like a melting pair of faces wrapped I, around a stump with i i by the way i mistook uh gus van zandt for salvador dali so. i wasn't i was gonna let that go okay yeah um and and she climbs down over it it's the same sort of thing it's one page and what's great is that you see that the panel the t- panels break where she comes in yeah. and leaves which is great too yeah yeah so. and and i it's three like, in a row. Those three. three so by the time I got to the third one, I was like, "Well, that's pick of the week." Yeah, yeah. I was literally that clear, and I, I love it because I oh, I've, I've never seen this. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen a thing that looks just like this. I've never seen this artist do this, yeah. and this is a new thing, and it's exciting. And what's funny is not just a, it's not just a splash page. It's yeah. sequential art without panel borders. Yes. Yep. And yeah, it is not a splash page. I mean, a splash page is just character posing in a, a, a splash moment. page is one panel. Yeah, it's one panel. Where and this is this is one full page where the artist is taking up the entire page. But there's mm-hmm. so much going on on multiple levels. And and these three pages were great, but they weren't even the only time it happened. No, you know, like that. Then she after she makes her way through these weird areas, she's got to go back, and they proceed. He proceeds to do a weird. 3D diagonal angle. Look at that! Like fast forward through those three things from a top from a top down view, which is amazing. Like it was just kind of like it, you know there was the standard you know comic book pages that you see, but then these pages would get thrown in, and they were just it, 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 each each one was more stunning. And he's doing stuff all. He's breaking panel borders. Yep. There's yeah. this one where she, Jessica's talking to Carol. And the panels are, as you go down the page, are overlapping each other yep. and zooming in at the same time. I mean, this is, like, I'm looking at this going, this, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this on the best single issue Eisner listed. It should be, it should point. be. And the thing is, is that, like, what, what I was thinking about as I was reading it, and by the way, I'd like to note that he draws the scrolls, uh, classic Kirby, Fantastic Four style scrolls. Is there the another big, kind now? With the big eyes. Well, no, but they don't look like that. With right. The, yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah. the, the these with the big eyes and the big jaws. I mean, they've changed mm-hmm. over the years, but it's very, this is this whole issue is very Kirby-esque and Kirby Fantastic Four-esque. Yeah. But um, what I'm curious is that, like, how much of this was Hopeless saying, do this, and Rodriguez stepping up to it. Like, I, I would love to know what the collaboration on this was yeah. and how much Rodriguez brought to the brought to the to those individual pages and how they worked them out. And, you know, I would love to see what the script says and mm-hmm. then see what we came out of this. Yeah, I um, don't know. Yeah. I have no... Yeah. You know, I would assume that it's like, well, this is what happens here. Go nuts. And yeah. he just... He went nuts. He just brought it completely. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, 
it's a fully formed issue that is as a lot. If if you're listening to this and oh, you hadn't f- been reading this at all, like you need to go check this issue out. Like yeah. this is a this is a thing. And you don't even need to read the first the no. first two issues to know what's going on. You totally just know clear. she's pregnant. She's stuck in some weird pregnancy prison, and they're aliens. It's and a hospital. It's right, but it, but there's a weird yeah like their prisoner kind of element to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so because of the scrolls and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But yeah, so. Uh, it was great, and it was the uh, pick of the week easy. All right, cool. Good good stuff. Um, yeah, no, it was very, very good. Um, but for me, I think my pick of the week, uh, kind of hands down, was Southern Southern Bastards number 13. And we, we've already talked a lot about the work of Jason Aaron and Jason Latour on this book and how special it is. And now after, you know, 13 issues, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise. But this was one of those issues where it's like, oh, goddamn. Mm-hmm. Like on 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 both levels, like like Latour, you know, kill, you could tell he killed himself on this issue, mm-hmm. and the, the script and the story that Jason Aaron came up with on this is just great. So we're, you know what, basically, this is the big homecoming game, and we all know that that uh, boss, you know, Coach Boss lives and dies by this football team, and his secret weapon has been his defensive coordinator who killed himself previous uh, last issue and now he's got to figure out a way to move on without him and the team just falls apart and and spoiler they lose the homecoming game to the crosstown rivals badly badly and you know and i imagine so i haven't watched there's a tv show about football apparently called something like friday night something yeah and i haven't watched that show but i imagine it feels like this issue except they win no they're prettier well yes i mean uh, yeah well yeah yeah you, you, if you haven't even watched it, you know about Riggins. Um, <laughs> it's that in the in the in the in Friday the Lights, the football team you're watching are the good guys, right. and in this, the football team is the bad guys. Right. But it's the same sort of. If you wanted to like Coach Boss, then when he gives his speech to the team, you'd, you'd go rah rah. And well, I don't even like Coach. You Boss, would say that roll speech, tide. Roll tide. Um, that, that, spe- <laughs> that speech was a. There's a, the halftime speech was. I mean, yeah, he is out out, out the villain of the story, but mm-hmm. that speech was like rousing and then like the double page spread coming out of it and you're like okay they're gonna do this and uh, like can they pull it off and they just get routed they just get destroyed and it's like like it had that level of like i like it when the unexpected happens like you would think that the typical story is that they would show the team win yeah but no but they didn't and they lose and that's the conflict and where we go from here is what makes this book so unique and interesting. well i would take it a little further you never read scalped right I read a couple of trades, a couple of first okay. two, yeah, trades. Yeah. I mean, the, the strength of that book was always that his characters were completely well-rounded. Yeah. So you spent time with the quote-unquote hero who was kind of a bastard, yeah. and then you spent time with the villain who, who you know, had admirable things about him. Right. And this is the same thing. This is what he's doing. He's showing you a full picture of there's not a white hat and a black hat. You know, there's there's just these people, and they make choices, and they're, you know, not everything is horrible about them. And it makes you rethink like you know what you want to happen yep. i think you know like this that's not an unusual thing in in media or tony soprano or, or right. vic sure. Mackey or something like that uh there's a lot of that going on and it's super compelling because you find yourself for a moment going oh i'm kind of rooting for him right now wait but i know he's horrible yeah uh and that that's hard to do and, and and I thought this issue was also interesting because we, we as we know, as, we, as as most popular comic books have been, are has been optioned and it's in development for a TV show. Like I could, in my head, I could see this episode. Yeah, you know, like this Although was I'm, really I'm cinematic. A hard time. Are they, gonna, are they keeping the title. I don't know. Because like, there's yeah. a lot about it. I'm like, ooh, that's a yeah. I don't know. Ooh, maybe. It's not, well, it's a, we're in a different media landscape now. I know. So, yeah, maybe, but uh, 
but yeah, but uh, no, this this issue was very very cinematic or mm-hmm. tele whatever telenovela. Um, it's not. It's not a telenovela. That's not. I know. I know. Uh, but no, I was just really really impressed by this issue. I thought it, it, so. This this would have been my pick of the week. So mm, good stuff. Yeah. Um, I caught up. I I. I Missed a couple of shows in December. You did, and so I had. A, it was a rough month. I had a big. St- yes, it was. Yeah, no, no. I had a big stack of comics that I was behind on, and yeah. this was the week where I was like, "Oh, I have to catch up." And so I, I mainlined three issues of Jupiter's Circle. Okay. Uh, right the in latest, a row. the latest volume. Right? Yeah, the yeah. latest of the. Yeah, the, the. I think they're on the third issue now. So yeah. I had to read one, two, and three all in one spot. Uh, it's great. Yeah. It's really. Uh, well, we're in M- Malarisance. Yeah, no, and it, I like that it continues basically. So right. th- I think this story takes place in, I want to say the '60s, maybe yeah. or maybe early '60s, late '50s, yep. something like that. And uh, Wilfredo Torres is the artist, and he's a beast. Yeah, he's great. He's really good. Like it's yeah. very, um, oh, like a like a Goran uh, Parlov. Goran Parlov. I was yep. like Palov isn't right. Parlov. Uh, Actually, this one um, was not Wilfredo Torres. I'm sorry. No, actually, it wasn't. Yeah, Chris right. Sprouse. Yeah, yeah uh, which is always great. Did the first five pages and then did the breakdowns on the others. And somebody inked those breakdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Story mm-hmm. and then Walden Wong. A lot of people worked on this. Didn't bother me. Like yep. I, I, it was, it was uh, consistent enough all the way through. And boy, that is Chris Sprouse, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're looking at it right now. So totally. But I don't care. They got it done and they got it out. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I lost anything. I'm really enjoying this story, though. Yep. I'm enjoying watching these characters who are like. Basically, they're like the cultural elite in a way, but they're also superheroes. And it's that weird sort of '60s vibe where where things are changing and yeah. Well, this I mean, Miller Miller self-professed that this is his Watchmen. Yeah, and and I, I think that, you know this series has a lot of echoes of that, but with its own Miller kind of touch to it. There's, it's not. It's just that it's not. It's not repeating or rehashing the Watchmen. It's he's doing his own kind of thing, but with yeah. the idea of this, you know, kind of past iconic superheroes, and then of course when Jupiter's Legacy comes back with Quietly, we'll get the you know the kind of the modern day effect of, of these characters. So I like the I like the idea that this the Jupiter Circle is filling in the blanks. I like the characters. Yeah. I think yeah. the characters are really interesting, and yeah. and they're trying to. I don't know. They're they're, they're fully fleshed out humans. There's yeah. not, and they're. It's almost like they're not. They've they've got their other secret identity that is, you know, they're not heroes all the time, but they yeah. kind of are. And yeah, uh, it, it it works for me really well, and I've, I've enjoyed okay. this volume. So uh, I know when the first issue came out, I was fairly critical of uh, the new Daredevil cr- uh, creative team of Charles Soule and Ron Garney. Um, I and particularly, I you know, I'm a I'm a historically a big Ron Garney fan. And I felt as if the stylistic approach he was taking for Daredevil, which was markedly different than his previous approach, um, I, I, it just didn't jive for me. Now, after the third issue, I'm kind of coming around. He's doing a he's doing a Frank Miller Ramita Ramita mashup kind Jun- of Ramita Jr. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Ramita Jr. Yeah, but with a little bit of Frank Miller, and and like, and I guess the thing is that like I'm coming around on it, I'm liking it. But that inherently just talking about it makes me not want to like it because I don't want him to do a Ramita Frank Miller S do like your own thing, you know. And so, but I, but what what this is is really good. So I'm glad that you said that because I was yeah. I got to the end of it, and I was like, oh, I think I'm in. Like I I was really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and I thought it occurred to me a little bit that. I don't know that I can pick out Charles Souls' stuff, right? But I felt like I was like, oh, this feels a little different than some of the other stuff. Even though at the beginning they were like, I mean, this obviously it's a law book. He's yeah. a lawyer, like yeah. he knows all that stuff. He's a DA. But there's a different. He dropped a major acronym at the end when 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 Murdoch gets uh, demoted. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're on ECAB, and he's like ECAB. That's a waste of my time. And I'm like, I don't know what ECAB means. Yeah, you know, like it, you know. But so... you knew what it means. 
No, I don't know what it means. It, but you know, but you know what they're getting at. You didn't have to look it no, up. No, it's, it's low. You didn't have some, to like put yeah. the book down and go. Yeah. Well, I can't continue. Well, no, no, I know that. But yeah, I'm just saying. But I mean, it's I using, meant to it, look it up and then didn't. It's using jargon where we don't actually know the jargon. I like I that though. But that's yeah. that's yeah. Star Wars did that. True, but yeah. And you were fine with it, and that was made up shit. This is probably real. Well, that's the thing. That's yeah. So. I, I really enjoyed this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm I want to know the story of the ten fingers guy who has the creepiest hands. Creepy on Creepy hands. Creepy. There hands. was a really. I mean, it's ten fingers. So shouldn't his name be twenty fingers? The fact that it's I, ten fingers I'm, per I'm, hand. I'm, I'm pushing through. It's ten fingers. I'm, per I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. His name I'm, should be Mister Ten. I'm not fingers. in this fight. All right, fair enough. So he gets put down. Basically, he's he's put in charge of Night Court, yeah. which I think is hilarious. Yeah. And when he said that, I my my, my head went doo doo. Okay. And then he goes into his office at the end, and, and Ten Fingers is like, "You seem to think I'm a bad guy." And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. Like, I'm, I, there's a lot of things going on that but I." But again, know. but again, again, I feel like that's a trope that we've seen in Daredevil in the past, where doing tropes in Daredevil is not unheard of. True. No, I know, I know, but it, I'm it's nothing saying, we've like, come down on before. Where, where the villain goes to Matt Murdock in his civilian thing and 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 confronts him mm-hmm. like i just like like too much like that's the thing is like this, this was done quality well like the quality of yeah. this is well but as i read it, it ah, your quality is very well <laughs> exactly it's almost appropriate with the opening fight with the hand yeah but um but as i read it in between pages i feel the echoes of past that's what superhero comics are. No, but they don't have to be. I don't know. It I don't know. only it's only bad if you're getting I mean like I don't know, it's playing in the tropes of the aesthetic of what Daredevil is. Yeah. If I'll tell you where this would lose me. Okay. If this has anything to do with revealing his identity. Right. Then I don't need then to read not. that again. Yeah. But I don't think that's what's happening. Well, I think well, that's well, I guess just I, gonna be Well, I guess I guess I guess the thing is that the tropes or the or the things that I'm picking up on are stuff from Daredevil twenty, thirty years ago, not past ten years. Fair game. Yeah, because only readers who haven't read that stuff. Right. So But no, it's also fair game of like that's what that's what comics are. Yeah, if, sure, if you, yeah, if you sure. read a Fantastic Four comic and you didn't like the last twenty years of it, but you're like, Oh, this is like what they were doing in the seventies. This yeah. is like the burn stuff. Yeah. You would think that was cool. Uh, it depends. Same so, thing. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't think it's cool. I said it was well done. Fine. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Have you read this last gang in town book from the Vertigo? I have not. So or the Vertigo Sans. Or the Vertigo Sans. Um Simon Oliver. And Rufus Dayglow. Yeah, he's good. Do you know that name? I do know Rufus okay. Dayglow, yeah. I, I'd never heard of him, but I'd heard of Simon Oliver, yeah. uh, who did um, he did the, the oh, goodness, the Exterminators, the Exterminators, yeah, Exterminators yep. which I really, really liked. And he's and he did a short run on Hellblazer that I really liked a lot, too, and oh. I've sort of always been waiting for him to come back. I think he did a mini of Hellblazer, actually, yeah. and he was supposed to take over, and then he didn't because uh, Pete Milligan did. Yes, He did and. the final run. Um, yes, and? Yes, and? Moving along, <laughs> I'm getting there. I know, I know. Yeah, oh god, having a look at it. So, the story takes place in Britain. Sort of takes place in Britain in 1977 during the punk movement. And there's this girl, and she's like a, a Johnny Rotten character, but there's a mystery behind her, and she might be a rich girl or something like that. The first issue was extremely compelling. This okay. happened on a week that I wasn't here, um, and I, I read it, and then I got to the second issue, and I was really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and the whole thing goes off the rails because I have no idea what's going on. Really? In the second issue? So, the, I mean, I was prepared to come here and say, Ron, did you read this first issue? Because it's really interesting and fun and, yeah. and, and 70s British punk rocky. And, and right and, up my alley. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to the second issue and there's all this 
strange psychedelia and symbolism and stuff that I do not, I didn't get any of it. It all went yeah. over my head, and I'm not an unintelligent person right. who doesn't know about things like this. Right. But it completely lost me, and I was, I was really disappointed. Oh. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if I, I can't go as far as to say that it's bad, yeah. but I, I, I don't know what it is. Right. And so that was kind of a bummer. I do. Uh, looking at the book now, uh, and I've seen Rufus Daigle's work before, but mm-hmm. I like how it's like a Peter Baggy, uh, Sergio Aragonis kind of uh, style. It's a lot more mm-hmm. like that in yeah. this second issue than in it was first, in the yeah. first. Yeah. The first was a little more consistent. Um, a little it's more almost like a. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cartoony, but. Oh, man. Now I want to read Kill Your Boyfriend. I'm sorry. Well, don't be sorry. I mean, you could do comic. it later, I suppose. Yeah, probably not after the show. Yeah, I well, would no, actually, do that. I don't, let's let's pause the show while I go re-kill your boyfriend. You know what? You don't have to pause. We'll wait for you. <laughs> it's fine. And if you don't know what "Kill Your Boyfriend" is, go look it up. Grant Morrison, Philip Bond. So I'm gonna read the next one okay. and hope it comes together in some way. But I was very lost, which I found very disappointing. Well, because I was gonna say this is another example of the 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 increased output from Vertigo. It does that, feel like a Vertigo book. I'll give him that. Yeah. Like, which is good. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a image wouldn't take this, so will you? Right. Like yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. The Vertigo of two years ago. Yeah. 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 So yeah. cool. All right then. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break uh, in talking about the week's comics to uh, tell you how you can help support the show. If you go to ifanboy.com/support. You can, uh, there are a couple different ways you can help uh, keep the lights on here at iFanboy HQ. Because uh, let me tell you, the room yeah, rate, the, let me tell you. The, the, the room rate on this hotel is not cheap. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you go to iFanboy.com, they're all picking it up. <laughs> if you go to iFanboy.com slash support, uh, you can click on a link to go shop at Amazon. Um, and any purchase you make at Amazon, we get a little kickback from Amazon themselves, not from you. You don't Just need to spend taste. a dime. All you need to do is spend the money that you're going to spend at Amazon anyway, and we get a little, we get a little bit of it. If you're going to spend something and you want to buy a big thing, do that. Yeah, we encourage it. In fact, I think now the Super Bowl is coming. Now is the time to buy your 90-inch television via Amazon. Some of you out there might not be married. You can buy whatever you want. Exactly. I'm just saying, do yeah. it now. Yeah, do it now. Do, do it through it Amazon now. and help us out in the process. Is your TV an LCD? I mean, LED. I know, but the, suppose those, that... Those suppose LEDs you, are thin. Right, suppose you've got an LCD TV, right? Yeah. And you're like, I think this is pretty good. Yeah. Maybe you should try an OLED TV. Why not? See if your LCD is actually still good. No, what's funny is that I'm in the market for a new computer mm-hmm. monitor. Right? Are you? Yeah, well, because remember those, those Dells I bought in 05? I do. It's dying now. Yeah. Like, the power supply's gone. Um, Bring it so, around quickly. So I was shopping, <laughs> so I searched, I went to Amazon, uh-huh. I clicked the iFanboy link, and I searched for, I searched for monitors. Uh-huh. And on the first page, I see like 20, 20 inch, 24 inch, 27 inch, you know, ViewSonic, LG, Dell. In the first page of search results, a 101 inch Samsung television monitor for, wait for it, $113,000 for sale on Amazon. What was the average star rating? <laughs> I don't think it had any ratings. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if you're in the market for a new television and you have $100,000 laying around, go to Amazon, you can get a 101 inch TV. So. I, just, I don't see a practical application for that. It looked really, it looked great. It would go great in my You'd point. have to have a the hell viewing of a angle. Gra- the viewing angle, that's the problem. Hell yeah. of a graphics card. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, is that anyway. a thing still? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess it is on high-end gaming. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so yeah, so shop at Amazon. Help us out in the process. You can also help us out directly if you choose to. And if you don't like Amazon, uh, you can go to ifanboy.com support where you can sign up for a uh, recurring membership where you can pay $3 a month or $30 a year. And we thank everybody who's done that. You guys are our lifeblood. Um, or if you would like, uh, there's a link there 
there to make a straight donation directly to us via PayPal. Um, and you know, a bunch of you did that over the holidays. We thank you. Some of you have continued to do that, um, and we thank you as well for your one-time donations. So uh, we are, you know, it's 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 what's the phrase? We're content for whatever it's we're, content for the people what content for the people i was gonna say whatever tom Merritt says <laughs> it's value for value oh okay. you know we're we're putting out a free podcast once a week we're giving you value hopefully you give us a little back in return and we thank you very much for your support so if you uh follow some comic creators you'll see them say things every once in a while that oh you're not gonna like what i do in this issue or yeah. blah 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 so uh, you know i see this kind of thing all the time water off the back whatever yeah. uh john layman he loves to do that John Layman, right? So yeah. I don't even pay that much attention to it. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a bit of a jokester, that John Layman. You is, know, yeah. Layman says, uh, "You're not gonna like what I do in the next issue of Chew," and I just mm. like, oh, "Whatever." I, I I didn't think about it until I got to the end of the last issue of Chew, and I really didn't like what he did in the last issue of Chew. <laughs> you you felt you got you got suckered, you got pulled pulled in. Not in and 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 not in the way that like I think he did a bad job, but yeah. when they do something to a character that you're like, "Oh, that's really horrible." Yep. And, so what uh, so what did they do? There's. I don't want to spoil it because I think people. We read just it in did trades. a spoiler warning. I know, but this is like an image book that gets read yeah. in a couple of different ways. If you read it, you know. True, yeah. um, the Walking Dead Covenant. Yeah, there's a there's a character who is nothing but good, and she's like the one. Oops. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, well, there you go. You're narrowing it down. <laughs> They've killed. He's killed off a lot of women in this book. Now that I'm thinking about really it, really has actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, it's like a, for him, yeah. maybe that's that's a thing. Yeah, it was really. It was. I was like, oh, that's you bastard. Yeah. You bastard. This has been good. It's wrapping up, that's clearly. Effective. That's effective storytelling. Yeah, I really like what's happening between, um, oh, I can't remember his name, the big guy with the mustache and Tony. Yeah. Uh, when I'm trying to talk, obviously, I can't, I'm looking right at it. But um, I really like the conflict. Mason, that's, Mason, 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 Mason Savoy. Savoy yeah. Of course. There's a conflict that started last issue and is ending here, and it is. Uh, it, it works. It's heavy. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, it's funny, as we're, we're on the eve, I, what, we got six issues left to go of Chew. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I want to be in a world without Chew. You know, like Boy, it's, I feel like it's the kind of thing we, we took for granted. You know, like it's, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so it's been so consistent and we so had good. Like Twenty issues of that was good. Did you read that? Yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. And then we settled into there yeah, it is again. Okay, is. nothing now, new to say. And now it's like it's going to be taken away from us, and I'm kind of sad. So that's true. Yeah, think about that. I like about and I like I thinking think of Rob and John that. as those guys who are doing Chew. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Oh man, what I if they break up? They, oh, clearly they're going to. Oh. Anyway, you can't bring the band back together for some other stupid thing later either. <laughs> um, so moving on, all new, all different Avengers number four. Uh, I did not like the first three issues of Kubert on art. Like okay, I just I didn't sticking think, with it. I think they're so good. Uh, this issue switched over to Mahmoud Asrar, and this oh. was light years better. It was uh, like I, I love this. I isn't loved it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's, I don't know what it what it was or what it is, but it was it was delightful. This was delightful. Sometimes it's about. Not the artist being good or bad, but just not being right for whatever the vision is you have in your head of what that thing is. And and also, um, I think what hurts the vision of it or whatnot is, um, well, the vision's in the book. But aside from that, not hurting the <laughs> actual vision. But what hurts the uh, the thing in the book is, okay, enough with the Alex Ross covers. You know, like the, the, the overly painted, you know, kind of Alex Ross cover. Like, I just don't think it needed it. So, um, you know, the, the shot of female Thor kissing Captain, kissing uh, Falcon Cap. Um, but... All in all, this issue was great. It just sounds like they're just screwing with people. I know, yeah, exactly. You know what's going to um, piss them off? This. But Except what, Alex Ross painted. But what was great was that the opening sequence of this where they show Jarvis, you know, going to work. And, and now the Avengers, they're no longer funded. They have no support. 
They have no, you know, like they're, it's not the Avengers that we've known. And uh, they're setting up shop in a, an old abandoned Stark warehouse. And you, you, the opening sequences, you see Jarvis kind of, you know, who's taking care of his mother. And then he gets in his car and he drives to the new base. And he's not very happy with the state of the kitchen. And uh, he has some words of Tony. And like, it just like, it feels, it, it felt like good Avengers, you know, like it felt, you know, kind of a little, little looser, a little more carefree. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna make a comment now, and sure. this is gonna come across as a as obnoxious. to me. No, no. To uh, me, this is a pretty big compliment. I'm about to say. Okay. Now I remember Osrar coming along, yep. uh, and doing the Jay Farber book. Was it Dynamo Five? Dynamo Five. Yeah. It was pretty good. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that yeah. guy's got a thing. He's yeah. got. A, he's got a. This looks. This is. This is next this level. Is, yeah. Well. I'm getting a little imminent here. Yeah, yep, yeah. And so if you've been listening to me and, you know, and I'm saying that... Yeah, that's a big compliment. That's a big compliment. But 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 also not in a not in a copying imminent not a, way, like yeah. imminent-esque, you know, Eminent, in terms of, yeah. in terms of ha- um, wow. handling a lot of action, um, handling the individual, like uh, Osirar putting so much like character in individual faces and mm-hmm. not just the, the main characters of the Avengers, but even like the, the, the public, like the victims of the, the, they're you know, trying to get the public out of the way of this, uh, this, the, this hurricane villain. And, uh, you know, like every panel sings with action and, and with, with reaction. And so it's, uh, wow. it's like, he's really like, he's, he's. He's so good. Follow him on Instagram. You see his sketches yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, he's a great see, artist. You really see nice guy. guy. Real great guy. Great guy. So there. Um, I want to check in on Superman again. Okay. Superman by Gene Yang, which yeah. at first I was like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. They took Ramita Jr. off of it, or he went somewhere. I don't know who As did they it. should. Yeah. Uh, and Howard Porter is on it. Yeah. Uh, JLA, Grant Morrison, JLA. Yeah, I mean, basically, I was trying to think of something yeah. other than that, but that's why yeah, I know that's, him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he doesn't draw like that anymore. No, he doesn't, because he hurt his hand. Yeah. It's great. Like every, when they switched Porter in, the book is quirky. It's weird. It yeah. does not feel like Superman. Nothing happening in there. If I felt like Superman had to be a certain way, I'd be mad at this book. But I don't. Right. I'm really enjoying. The weirder it gets, and the longer, I'm really glad I stuck with it. Is my yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, it's this well, strange Gene, Gene little Yang, book. Gene Yang's, you know, perspective is so unique as a storyteller. Yeah. So like I th- I love the fact that he's on this book, and I think that he's doing a great job. They do. So. I mean, like Superman. They don't. They haven't. It's been really hard to find anybody do anything interesting with Superman for a while, and yeah. I was like, I'm not sure what this is, but I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm invested in it, and, and I feel like we're about to be out of the Superman doesn't have powers phase. Yeah, and I'm really, I was really excited because I was like, oh, it looks like he's about to cure himself here, right? Uh, and I, I want that to be. And and the thing is that like I have nothing against the Porter art, and I think the Porter art is improved over the Ramita. I don't think that was a good match, mm-hmm. um, but I still don't think they found the right artist to illustrate Yang's stories. I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't. Porter I, looks. You know, what Porter looks a lot like he looks like a softer Lanil Yu. Yes, in this. or like a or a softer uh, Rocafort. Yeah, but not yeah. that. Towards the end of the issue, the, yeah, the, yeah. I was gonna so. say top cowie. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but um, no, but I feel as if I feel as if they if they found like a if they found Gene Yang's Chris Somney. I'm not saying that yeah. it needs to be Chris Somney, but a like like if they put Doc Shaner on, this I was going to say exactly that. Yeah, like if they put if they found if they found someone with a more silver agey, simpler, clean line approach, and not this DC house style of jagged lines mm-hmm. and 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 teen angst, I think this book could sing. I think it could you know really what this sing. has got in it. It's got mechs, mechas. yeah, mechs, yeah, too many too many mechs. Um, so moving on, um, continuing the first issues of the all new, all different Marvel 
for, for the fourth time. Uh, but Old Man Logan came out uh, this week, uh, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Andrea Sorrentino. Is that the is that the I guy's name? Is, is that the guy's name? I think it is. Um, but basically, it's the creative team. Yeah, Andrea yeah, Sorrentino. Yeah, Andrea. Oh, they did uh, uh, Green Arrow and Hawkeye. I think for a little bit. No, not together. No. no, they did Green Arrow. Okay, that's what it was. They did Green Arrow DC, and then Sorrentino came over, and did some stuff with Bendis on the X Men books. Oh, maybe that's what, that's it, what was. it was. Okay, um, and so it's great to see them together. I think Sorrentino's approach, um, his artistic approach, is unlike anything out uh, any other artist out there. Like he just looks unlike anybody, um, and, I lo- and I love that. Yeah, we're looking at it right now, and it looks just it's just amazing. Um, but the thing is, is that this is the old man Logan character that Mark Miller wrote. You know that through Secret Wars is now in the world, but I got no. They the problem with this is the story in that there's I don't know when or where this takes place. I, here's what I think: yeah. Old Man Logan was perfect, yep, because it was a story and it ended, and it, they could have left him there. But now, but here's the thing: is that they okay? So fine, they want to bring him back. They want to bring him into Marvel continuity. They put him in Extraordinary X Men. He's a member of the X Men. That's fine. Right, but this book, he's waking up. He doesn't have his memories. He's trying to avenge the death of his son. He's behaving as if he's in the world that Old Man Logan came from. But mm-hmm. is this post Secret Wars? Is this the regular? Like, it, it's very confusing. We're doing this again. Yes, it's very confusing. <laughs> it's very confusing. On its own, the story read fine. And if you don't care about the greater Marvel universe and you like this character, you'll enjoy it. And Sorrentino's art is great. But um, but trying to make this puzzle puzzle piece fit into the larger puzzle of Marvel, it was frustrating. So. Andrea, insert panel Sorrentino. Exactly, yeah. Loves the insert panels. Uh, last issue of Twilight Children from Darwin Cook and Gilbert Hernandez came out. And uh, playing true to form, uh, it looks beautiful. Darwin is amazing. Uh, and like every other Gilbert Hernandez story, f- fucked if I know what happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I but don't. What's funny is that it's very, Gilbert Hernandez writes very... Um, I want, you know, avant-garde kind of almost impressionistic comics. Um, and the thing was is that, like, I can't tell you exactly what happened, how the what the balls of light were and why the blonde woman had some sense of control over them and what the conflict was and what the resolution was. But as I read this and as I finished it, by the end of it, I was getting emotional. Like when we see the, the bald guy who lives on the beach who lost his family yeah. and, then, and then he goes, goes to a flashback of when he was with his family. Like it, it, it tugged on the heartstrings. I don't, I don't know why, but it did. So Well, the art's pretty damn evocative. Yeah. There's, a fl- there's a bit where the, the big ball is flaming out and yeah. the Ella, who's yeah. the, the blonde girl, is hugging the guy. And it looks like they're going to be burned to a crisp, but they're both happy and smile it's, just, yeah. it's, it's great darwin art yeah, is what it is great and great darwin. dave great dave stewart colors i yeah. mean that's that's the yeah. other half of it yeah so um, i have I, no idea what happened there's no idea what happened but it was fun i would like to i would like to read this in the trade all as one to see if that makes any more sense i don't think it will because I, so. I can hand you a stack of gilbert hernandez books that i couldn't tell you what happened but yeah. they're always fun and they're always interesting yeah. and challenging but um all right and the last book i just wanted to highlight was uh, deadly class number 18 from rick remender and west craig um mainly because this is just your periodic reminder that uh in addition to how great remender is and the stories that he does are great um west craig is a beast and yeah. there, there is a fight scene in this issue uh, that, it, like, it's it just, I just can't believe what Wes Craig is able to do. Similar to Ron Garney, 
very f- evocative of Frank Miller. Yeah, actually, it was very not, Frank Miller esque. Like the lines don't look like it, yeah, but yeah, everything but, else but, does. Yeah, but um, you know, there's there's one panel of the girl with the tattoos on her arm, stuff like that. Like they, it could have been a straight out of Sin City. Yeah. Um, but also, but not aping it. It like it definitely is Wes Craig. Definitely is Deadly Class. Definitely has its own identity. But it, it you know, memories of Frank Miller. Yeah. So and Class um, Jansen. Speaking of Frank Miller, I forgot to mention that in Old Man Logan, there's a double page spread homage homage to Dark Knight Returns. I made a face. There's a double page spread where Logan jumps mm-hmm. off a building, claws sheath, and it's blue background with the lightning bolt. Yeah. And it says Sorrentino after Miller. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't, I don't understand why I do that. Because it's fun to draw. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It, it makes you... I, I mean, I, we've seen it so much that I'm always like, oh, you've taken me out of the thing that you're doing. Yeah. Yes, that's the thing. That's what exactly what it did because it didn't match the tonality of the book. I mean, go, if, go, back, go back to look at it. But... Um, it, it it absolutely pulled me out of that story because Sorrentino's art is so individual, mm-hmm. is so um, you know like unique to him, his own style. That then to do an homage to somebody as um, as what should we call it as identifiable or as iconic as Frank Miller and especially that Dark Knight image, it's just it, it completely pulled me out of the story. I mean, it completely did. Yeah, uh, which is unfortunate because the whole book was really was was compelling despite not fitting into the greater continuity. I've but. tried to go back and read some of because I liked Old Man Logan a lot. So when they brought it back, I thought, oh, I think Bendis wrote the. Did he, he wrote, wrote the miniseries. He yeah, wrote the yeah. miniseries, and yeah. I don't think I finished it. Yeah, I wanted to. What's funny is that. The way that uh, he draws Logan in a lot of these, he looks like he has like a walrusy mustache because yeah. the bottom of his face is in shadow. Yeah, uh, and I don't know that that works. But it's funny because it's it's I don't know what Miller did to make it sing so well when he did his old man Logan story, and everything after that has just been like, eh. You know, and that was during a time when Miller was doing a lot of stuff that I was in no way interested in. Right. And also, I did not think I would be interested in that. Right. I mean, he he had Steve McNiven that helped a whole lot, yeah. but. He yeah. doesn't put too much in anything, right? So he leaves you to fill in a lot of. And we, yeah, and we just we page. just we just turned to the page of the the double page spread, the, and it even says, it's, it says after Miller. Yeah, he signed the page. Why do we feel about signing a page in the middle? I love it. You're it's okay great. with that? Totally okay with it. Okay. Yeah, totally fine with that. You knew you, Riso used to do that a lot. That's Riso does that all the yeah. time. Yeah, he still does it. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay, yeah, so going back to Deadly Class, though, Deadly Class 18, if you're not reading Deadly Class, you should, so, uh, just because Wes Craig is just amazing. Yeah, I fell uh, off this book a little bit, and I caught back up uh, this issue, yeah. and I, I was real. I've been really in the last couple of issues, because yeah. uh, something happened, basically. Yeah. For a little while, I was like, nothing was happening, yeah. but we were stuck in a lot of sadness. A lot of sadness, so... All right, cool. Well, those are the books uh, that we read this week. If you go to ifanboy.com, you can comment on the posts for the show and tell everyone what, tell everyone what you thought of the books that you read, or what if you disagree with us or agree with us. Um, you know, keep it positive, keep it fun. We're all friends here. It's no, it's no need to get get up about anything. No. All right, so let's move on to some audience questions via email. Josh, why don't you take the first one? Zach from Wales, UK, said that. <laughs> In September 2009, you, I feel like uh, Shatner. Yeah. In episode <laughs> In September 2009, you picked Astro City number one as your pick of the week. Does that track? Sure. Yeah, when, okay. it, re- when it relaunched. Uh, that was that yeah. long ago? Yep. Wow. Yep. And they're like the 30s now, right? I think so, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I decided then and there that I wanted to get in on this and started thinking about where to start. Last week... <laughs> Wow. Finally decided on life in the big city, which I instantly followed up with confession. I so you decided to get in on it, and it took you six years. Wow, to that get might the be trades. that we might have a winner in terms of thinking about something. 
Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. I wasn't yeah. even thinking about it that way. Yeah, so, I was really thinking about where am I going to start Astro City so six years later. Good job. Yeah. Anyway, he says, I believe I can read them in any order, and while I'm sure I'll fill them all out eventually, if I can only get two or three more in the near future, which should I get? Are there any I should avoid completely? Oh, that's oh wow! It's a really good question. It's I've challenging. Got to, I've, got, I've got to go to the uh, to so, the. So the my question for you, sure get it right. my question for you right away is is while you do that, should he read the Dark Ages? No, that's the one you avoid. You think so? Absolutely. So the, the Dark Ages was this. Was I want to say there was four four issue miniseries, sixteen issues altogether, about the seventies, um, following these two brothers, and it went on a really long time. Too long. And it wasn't much of a payoff. Yep. Uh, it had nothing, none of that happy, fun, uh, majestic feeling that we get from the from what you just read. Yeah. So so here we go. So what? So it's technically in the in the in the in the sequence of the trade paperbacks. Astro City Volume Six is the Dark Age Book One: Brothers and Other Strangers, which collects Astro City: The Dark Ages Volume One and Volume Two, which are both four issue miniseries. And then Astro City Volume Seven: The Dark Age Book Two: Brothers in Arms, which collects Astro City: The Dark Age Volume Three and Four, both four issue miniseries. Sixteen issues. So sixteen issues. Sixteen issues that took years to come out and were dark. And dragged and were slow. And, and I bought could, and read every oh, single so one. Oh, so did I. So did I. Like, I were, would never drop this book. They were the antithesis of what, yeah. um, of what which, uh, Astro City Which, to be fair, be, is, I know. think was his intention. Yeah. And I don't think that it failed on him. Other than in the end, it wasn't compelling because of that. Yeah. I think he, I think he's what he's trying to do, and that's. But he made it sixteen issues long, and it took years and years and years. If yeah. it had been a, a four issue arc, we would have been like, yeah, it's fine. yeah. So that said, in terms of what you want to go back to read, so what you should read, so avoid the two Dark Ages books. I would say read Astro City Volume Four, Tarnished Angel. Yep. Uh, that's the about steel. the guy who gets out of the steel guy who gets out of prison, yep. and that, that that was really good. And then I would go a little more recent. And I would pick up uh, the most recent trade paperback, Astro City Volume 12, Lover's Quarrel, which is about Cracker Jack and Quarrel. Now, what I'm curious is if he, if he heard us talk about it on issue one, has he been buying the issues all along and now he's wondering what to go uh, back and get? I don't know. I'm not him. Yeah. Any yeah. A- a- Anything from this most recent volume? It's good. It's good. You should read all of it. I would say read everything but the Dark Age books and then go back and read the Dark Age yeah. books so you can see why they were they, And it they doesn't missed. matter what order you read them in. It does not matter. Yep. So that, that doesn't matter. And, and you've read the... You know, they read the two best things. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be honest. Yeah. But you'll get that feeling again. You'll you'll, How you'll find good it confession. again. Oh, confession is. Oh, it's. I, not actually, even, I, it's not even fair. I really like. <laughs> I really like life in the big city the most. Uh, I love confession. I they're love, just they're different. Well, because life in the city was all those one issue. Yeah. There's just but they one, were all great. They were all great. No, but confession was the is the is. I really like the Cracker Jack story. Yeah, well, you should like Lover's Quarrel. Yeah. That's the new Cracker Jack story. So, anyway, all right. So, uh, great question there, Zach from Wales. Thank you. Our second, our second email comes from Pavel from Saint Petersburg, Russia. We're international today. I, I see. I see. In Russia, comics read you. Um, Pavel says you've mentioned that your former substitute members for the show all stopped reading comics. Do you think that it's an actual event on its own? Does it mean that lots of people like like you stopped reading comics? If so, why did it happen? My answer is movie and TV series based on comics did replace the need in a weekly comic book entertainment. Um, I disagree with you, Pavel, and your communist ways. Um, okay, I would just like to go ahead and insert here that you should not listen to what he's saying right now. <laughs> no, I don't know if you're a communist. It's fine. He's um, not. It's been 20 plus well, years. Well, he might be. 
personally, his personal politics might be. I, we I don't guess, know. I guess that's acceptable. Right, yeah, exactly. But anyway. I, I feel uncomfortable talking about this. I'm going to go ahead and apologize again because anyway. <laughs> that's what a good liberal does. Anyway, um, uh, I think that the, a lot of the folks that used to write for us and work for us who don't read – we should clarify, don't read weekly comic – weekly issue comics anymore because it's hard. Going to the store every Wednesday and or downloading them every Wednesday, keeping up, keeping up with all the reboots and the relaunches and the number ones and stuff like that, that fatigue wore a lot of people down. It doesn't mean they don't read comics anymore. I think they still read comics, but they're they're more inclined to pick up a trade or read something here and there, let it collect and let it pick up. It's that weekly fix that honestly find me anybody who's done it for more than five years in a row without taking a break at some point. That mm-hmm. is rare these days. There, I mean, oh, no, I know there you've are, seen yeah. them in line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, a couple of things I would add to that is that when they were working for a comic book site, they were reading issues weekly because that was how you did the thing that well, we it, did. It was your job, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it was a low-paying job. Yeah. But it um, paid, it paid. But then the other thing is, I, I really believe that comics is super cyclical, cyclical. Mainstream comics are cyclical in that after about 10 years, if you really stay, you're going to start seeing the Ferris wheel come around again. Yeah. And you start saying, oh, I've, oh, I've read this superhero story before. Or oh, you I've mean read... like, like Daredevil? Yeah. And it like... <laughs> Funny how that came around it again. It just gets really hard to feel like you're reading something original. And for some people, that is the thing. The, oh, I want this. It feels familiar. It's good. It's a soap opera. You're you're yeah. gonna keep yeah. you're gonna keep watching it over. That's for that's some that's people, novella. Yeah, for some people. There you go. There you go. For some people, they go, oh, okay. I, I saw everything this has to offer. I'm it's gonna. It's too late. I'd seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd seen everything. You know, I had. Um, I mean, that happens to me to a certain extent, and because we keep doing this, I I'm riddled with it. I have to stop. Making references to things that are so vague, <laughs> only you're the one laughing at them. This is bad radio. Um, I, like I have to search for things that make me still excited about comics, and yeah. because I've been, I, it's not hard because the the pick of the week, the Harvey, Javier yeah. Rodriguez pages. I went, oh, that's a thing. That's a thing I can get and excited about. See, that's something I can hang my hat on. You see, that's going back to what we we're talking about about Daredevil and 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 things in general. We talked about how it was great because he's doing something in the spirit of Kirby. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four 60s, but not aping it. And right now, it's unlike anything else that's on the on the that, mm-hmm. that book was unlike any other book that I read yeah. this week, except that it has hints of Eisner, it has yeah. hints of Kirby. Like it's that weird mix of reverence for the past without drowning in nostalgia. Yeah, and and I would counter saying that you th- you're saying that movies and TV are the things that are taking away from comics, but mo- movies, uh, may, not TV, maybe TV to a certain extent, but movies definitely are drowning in nostalgia and pl- preying on on our you know like another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and another like all this. You know, okay, so you know. I to, to get back to sort of the original question. Sorry, yeah. you I, are I you, you diverged diverted a little bit. A little bit. Um, I think people drop in and out of comics, and now more than at any time before there's a lot of different ways to be a comic book reader they yes. only used to be reading issues and if people right. who started like that are more likely to stick with it like that but people mm-hmm. who came in later they they see options and they have other things they can do so none of the people who used to write for iFanboy necessarily read their comics weekly the same way that we are doing or that you yeah. we've always done but like they're reading they've got Marvel Unlimited they're reading the stuff yeah. six months later or they're reading trades that they hear about or they're reading different kinds of comics yeah. you know some other kind of comic. <laughs> Some other comic that we don't even know about. 
All right. Uh, oh, well, thank me. you, Pavel, for your question. Uh, to bring it back domestically, we got one more question from Patrick from North Carolina, who says, I have a question for you. I thought about this a good long while. I skipped the birth of my second child to think about this question. Accepted. That's, that's dedication. Good job. Accepted. But I wondered about slabbing comics. Has anyone at iFanboy ever slabbed a comic? Was it worth it to you? How would you go about selecting a comic to get slabbed? And now, if you know about uh, us historically on this, we put up a video in 2008. Yep. Uh, it's on the YouTube. of we uh, A friend of ours won a slabbed Fathom comic, mm-hmm. Michael Turner's Fathom. In a raffle. When Michael Turner was still alive, by the way, according yes. to some of the comments who thinks that we're disrespectful. He was alive and well then. Yes. Um, the, and we, we ripped it open and sort of like made a joke about how these are ruining comics. Comics are meant to be read, not slabbed, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that sort of thing. So. And that was 2008. Yep. How do you feel now? I feel the same. Feel the same? I, I mean, it all, it all depends on what your approach is, is that if you are into comics for collecting and selling and reselling and all that sort of stuff, then slabbing is the best way to get the most amount of value for a comic because it is encased in plastic and sealed and certified and registered, and so you know that you've got a 9.9 copy of The Walking Dead number one, and you can sell that for $1,000 or whatever it is. Um, that's well and good. I, I read comics. I don't... I don't okay, I don't, let's, so, just, yeah. let's just say, for argument's sake, that you had a... Um, Amazing Fantasy 15. Okay. Now, it's not going to be the kind of thing that you're really going to take out and touch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, in that instance, would you say the preservation aspect of that Probably. is a valid I could thing? See, I could see an argument for that, yeah. And I think I can agree with that, too. Yeah, right. An issue of Fathom? Right. Not as much. Exactly. That Walking Dead issue, even. But and, but the thing is, what, what the whole slabbing process did, though, was that it normalized the ratings and gave something that can be attributable to allow for more eBay sales. That's basically what it mm-hmm. comes down to. Because the problem was before Slab... I remember the... the v... Yeah. V... VFM. NM. NM. Yeah. I, and I remember arguing with the comic book store guy over the quality of the X-Factor mm-hmm. 1 I was buying from him. Yeah. And he said it was NM, and I said it was VF, and, you know, and the difference was about $30, and I was 13, and that yeah. was a lot of money, and, you know, and... and and that sounds so fun and romantic to me in that does, way. Like, yeah, and, yeah. But no, look is... at the corner. The corner's bent. Look at the, you know, like whatever. <laughs> but now with 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 the slabbing, it takes that out of it mm-hmm. because you have a a certified organization saying no, this is a nine point eight, and here are the known. You know, there's discoloring or whatever. You know, so I it, think it just makes it easier for the aftermarket sale of comics. I think it's fine because it seems like that that's a that's a segregated segment of comics. Oh, so you're pro segregation. I'm just saying I don't care. I know, I'm just kidding. I mean like I like I don't like it's silly to do to a lot of comics and it's it's an inflated value among collectors. You, you remember at a certain point we were getting uh we were getting issues sent to us by a certain publisher and like some of the variants came along and they were really like quote unquote worth a lot of money. Yeah. So like a guy would do a variant cover on something one week and it was like a big deal and on eBay that week it was selling for seventy five dollars. Yeah. I sold the hell out of mine. Right. Because I knew a week later no one would ever talk about that or think about it again. If somebody yep. wants to pay for it, fine. And yeah. I totally did that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's fine. If that's what right. you I'm not I don't do that, so I don't really care. But yes. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and and that was like a little like I was like, I think I need money that week or something. Yeah. But now but, I mean, if you want to check old classic comics, fine, I get yeah, that. Yeah. But I think I mean, because you, you're getting, you're getting, it's a certified. You know, you know what you're getting with that, and it's 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 a significant value. Yeah. When so, we're talking about recent comics, though, I think it's silly. Agreed. Agreed. So, so there you go, Patrick. Hope that answers your question and and validated the time you spent thinking about it. Did you like those emails? Would you like to be part of that? You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. So email us. Uh, those were good questions. 
you could we don't have a voicemail line anymore but if you wanted to send us an audio clip no one would yell at you that's fine that's fine uh same deal if you would like to hear us discuss other things besides comics, you think, well, what do they think about one of the most beloved movies of the last 25 years? Is it one of the most beloved movies of the last 25 years? By us. To well, us. Yeah, and enough, a yeah. segment of people. It should be everyone, if you ask me. That's why we're doing it. You know what? If everybody loved it, I wouldn't like it as much. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the sad, that's the sad circle totally. of life there. Yeah. That's, uh, anyway. That's not true. So what movie is it? Goodfellas Minute. That's our other show. Yep. Where we are talking about uh, Goodfellas, the Martin Scorsese film uh, from 1990. Uh, which we all love very much, one minute at a time every day, uh, every weekday. So Monday through Friday, you get one minute uh, that we talk. The show is longer than one minute. Right. We talk about one minute of the movie for about 20 to 30 minutes. Eh, 15 to 20 minutes. Depends on the minute. Depends on the minute, yeah. So uh, last week we had a uh, fantastic guest uh, of Greg Young from the Bowery Boys podcast. This was one of uh, our favorite podcasts, and he is a font of knowledge both about film and New York City history. New York City history um, podcast. And so if you haven't listened to Goodfellas Minute and you like New York City, you should go back and listen to those episodes. Um, and we got some other great episodes coming up as well, so go to goodfellasminute.com to find out about that. And you can head over to our home on the internet at ifanboy.com, where, you, as I said, mentioned earlier, you can comment on this show, talk about this week's books, and you can find all the other previous uh, podcasts that we published. In fact, if you are a fan of the CW television shows, you might want to go back in the feed and take a listen to me and Connor talking about DC's Legends of Tomorrow. When um, is it enough? It's not, uh, I don't know. Are uh, you like I don't I I know I know Connor's like well we're gonna watch them because that's what he does right. but like how do you feel are you still in uh, Here's the thing I'll give Greg Berlanti and his crew credit they do a really good job Okay and uh, you like what they're doing uh, uh, This past week of the Flash Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow has been fantastic Okay it, 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 it what been, is it giving you I know it's giving you something that DC Comics is not currently yes, giving you Yes entertainment. <laughs> Enjoy enjoyable entertainment. A lack of frustration. No, it, it's giving. It's giving. I mean, like Flash is lighthearted and mm-hmm. silver agey, and like and and everyone's really likable on it. And and uh, what's you just his like name? Spending Tom, time with the people. Uh, I don't. I literally don't know. Tom anything. Cavanaugh. Yeah. Tom Cavanaugh is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's just a blast. Arrow is great, and Legends of Tomorrow. It, it, like I, I thought Legends of Tomorrow wasn't going to work because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of B C list characters. It looks very silly, but it, and it is, but, <laughs> it, but it works. It works. So uh, I, I compared Legends of Tomorrow to is very um, Guardians of the Galaxy esque. Uh-huh. So that makes we, sense. We are. I know that I, there's a cliche where people are like, "Could you believe that this is happening?" But I think when I started to see like the the newest slate of these shows, I was like. Yep. Really? That we're doing this? Yep, we are. This is going to keep going. When will people have had enough? Yeah. As of now, it's still working. So I'm sorry. I don't go anyway. on those shows, so I had to do that here. Yeah. Anyway, so you go back and you should go back and listen to the show and listen to us talk about it. it. Anyway, no, uh, listen to us talk about it. It won't have any context. Anyway, uh, I can talk to you about all sorts of stuff. So go back and you, I have your phone number. So you can go back and download that episode and listen to it if you haven't. We don't call often. And finally, you can follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and over on Twitter at ifanboy. And if you want to follow us individually, although I don't know why, you can follow me at RonXO and Josh. I make jokes. Josh at, I make topical jokes. You make jokes? Uh, and you can follow Josh at J.A. Flanagan and Connor at, at C.S. Kilpatrick. And finally, if you dig the show, go to iTunes and write a review about it. You can write a review about the show on iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends. Uh, go to the comic book store, tell them about a great podcast you listen to called Life Fanboy. We thank everybody who has done that for us. Um, we appreciate you helping to spread the word. What, do you got a cab on the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, Two Jamokes Live in San Francisco. Uh, live, not live. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Until next time, I'm Ron. Am I allowed to say my name at this part? Sure. Okay, I'm Josh.
Is that good? No, but it's fine. <laughs>